Star Wars 7x7 episode 1880. All right, let's get into it. Let's break down that Rise of Skywalker footage that was shown at the D23 Expo. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode and yep, they did it. They released that footage from the D23 Expo, which was really very nice of them. So we're going to go through all of the details in that release footage and we might go a little bit longer today just to warn you, but hey, it's worth it to take the time and to look at every little detail in these bits of footage from The Rise of Skywalker. So without further ado, let's get into it. And if you are checking this out on the audio version, you might want to swing over to YouTube or Facebook and you can check out a video version of it where I'll be showing screenshots and talking about them. But don't worry, even if you're just tuning into the audio version, it will be more than enough to take care of you. First, let's talk about the Pasana arrival footage, okay? And I'm saying arrival footage because as we see Ray and company walking toward the camera, you can see the Millennium Falcon in the background, tucked away behind a ridge. And so it suggests that they are just now arriving on Pasana. Then the camera view switches to look over their shoulders and down at a very lively encampment or town or village or something to that effect presumably for the Aki Aki species that was named in the Vanity Fair piece back in May. Then we switch to a bunch of resistant starfighters coming into frame from hyperspace. And it is just about the entire high galactic alphabet, as they referred to it in Alphabet Squadron. Not only do we have X's and Y's, we have A's and B's, as well as a Corellian Corvette and one other ship that I will tell you, I went through images in Wikipedia of Alliance fleet ships and Resistance fleet ships, and this design doesn't match anything that Wikipedia has an image of. That doesn't mean that it isn't a ship that's ever been used before, but it could very well be a new invention. Then we get the shots of Star Destroyers, and here's the crazy thing about them. These are not First Order Star Destroyers. I mean, it's possible that they are allied with the First Order, but this is not First Order design. These are old Imperial Star Destroyers, and so it raises the question as to whether these ships are a part of the First Order fleet, or are they part of an Imperial Remnant. Yeah, that's even crazier. And just to give you the real quick history brush up in case you need it, during the Aftermath novels by Chuck Wendig that detailed the run-up to the Battle of Jakku, which ended the Galactic Civil War once and for all, a number of Imperial ships escaped out to the Unknown Regions, and the First Order eventually grew out of that escaped group. But what we don't know is a lot of history in that intervening time period. So it's entirely possible that when Snoke came along, he took over some of the First Order and some other people with the old Imperial side of things decided, nah, we don't want any part of Snoke and broke off on their own. Don't know. So this is a really huge question mark for what we're going to be facing or what the Resistance is going to be facing when they take on the bad guys in The Rise of Skywalker. Then we cut to Finn and Janna and another pilot inside the cockpit of a ship. I think this is from that shot we just talked about with all the Resistance fighters coming out of hyperspace. And I don't think they're in the Corellian Corvette because images online of what the cockpit of a Corellian Corvette looks like do not match up with this. So 
my thinking is that it has to be that other unidentified ship. And there is a B-Wing fighter flying by out the side window, which also suggests it's happening during this series of shots. Next we have what is probably the second most hotly discussed topic about this Rise of Skywalker footage, and that is the red-eyed C-3PO. So... Think it's 3PO for sure because of the golden exterior. There is a droid in the comics by the name of Triple Zero that is not golden but that has red eyes and is also rather evil and enjoys torture. <laughs> so the notion of 3PO going red-eyed is definitely not a good sign, at least one would think. But Anthony Daniels has talked about C-3PO surprising everyone in The Rise of Skywalker in some way, but he won't let on what exactly that means at all, and maybe this is a part of the thing that he was hinting at. Now let's talk about that laser, and when I read the descriptions about the footage originally, it sounded like it was more blast after blast after blast, and I was thinking it sounded more like a dreadnought cannon, but nope, it is a continuous stream of laser energy, and so yeah, the mind naturally goes to planet-killing sort of super weapon. I gotta tell you, I, I would be shocked if they went to the well with that again, but then again, Return of the Jedi did, so I guess it wouldn't be altogether that surprising. That being said, we could also be looking at history or a vision of a future that has yet come to pass, or not yet come to pass. We could also be looking at the planet Kijimi, which is where the notorious Zori Bliss can be seen hanging out in the images from the Vanity Fair article. Zori Bliss is, of course, Carrie Russell's name, who is an old friend of Poe's, we also find out. And we also see a snowy, sort of rocky planet in the initial teaser for The Rise of Skywalker, and that has been identified as Kajimi as well, so that could certainly be the case here. It's possible it is actually happening in the course of the movie itself. Then you have Rey training in the forest with a training remote. That seems to be what's happening as she throws her lightsaber and catches it again. Now, earlier in the footage, Leia appears in what may be the same forest, and so the theory goes that she is either witnessing her practicing with the rebuilt Anakin Skywalker lightsaber, or she's actually training Rey in the Force to some degree. Either way, they do seem to be in the same place at the same time, and it seems like it might end up leading into the scene that we saw in the Rise of Skywalker teaser, where the two embrace. However, the main point of this scene is to show you that the blue-bladed lightsaber has been repaired, and presumably this is where she is testing it out. Now let's talk about that moment of Kylo Ren's where he's walking away from the TIE fighter, igniting his lightsaber, there's lightning in the background. There have been some suggestions that this relates directly to the scene that follows where Rey and Kylo are fighting together. I think this actually relates back to a scene that we saw earlier in the D23 footage. When the Star Destroyers are all depicted together, there is blue lightning flashing in the background of that scene. And we have it here again in the Kylo Ren moment, and I'm thinking that those two scenes are actually linked together, not this one and the fight footage of Rey and Kylo Ren. So that's my piece on it. Then we get that epic fight footage. Now, we all know, of course, from the Rise of Skywalker teaser that there is debris from a Death Star in the middle of an ocean someplace, and it looks like 
they are fighting on that debris. And the reason why I'm saying that is because if you look at the left-hand side of that footage, you will see what looks very much like a Death Star turbo laser, although granted, it looks like it has suffered a lot of wear and tear over the years, but it is very clearly visible in the left of the frame. And so this fight appears to be happening on the wreckage of this old Death Star floating in the middle of the ocean, which is pretty darn amazing. And that leads us to the final bit of footage that we're going to talk about, which naturally is Dark Side Ray, and I'll do that after the break. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Constant Contact, the premier email marketing solution for small businesses and organizations. I've used their service since 2003, and over the past decade and a half, I've watched them evolve, make the product simpler, more powerful, easy to use, and do everything that they can to help train people to use the product more effectively and for it to work with other forms of marketing like social media, for example. So. Check out sw7x7.com slash email to learn more about Constant Contact and start a free trial. Once again, that is sw7x7.com slash email for a free trial. Welcome back. So let's talk about Dark Side Ray. As I mentioned on Saturday, just because we're seeing a hooded Ray who looks like she could use some Visine and has a double-bladed red lightsaber, it doesn't necessarily mean that she's gone over to the dark side. There are plenty of other reasons why we might be witnessing this depiction of Ray. That being said, one of the things that's popped up in conversation is that double-bladed lightsaber that folds out and suddenly becomes two-sided. Well, Jedi Temple guards used those and they have been depicted in the cartoons. So this is not necessarily the first time we're seeing that kind of lightsaber. It's just the first time that we're seeing it in live action. Now let's think about that tree from Dagobah and the Empire Strikes Back one more time. It was strong in the dark side of the force and if this is is the wreckage of DS2 from Return of the Jedi, you can imagine that this would also be strong in the dark side of the force because this is where Palpatine died. The wacky thing is that we have the dialogue from him where he says, your journey nears its end. And this is unusual because according to what we know so far about the force, dark side users are not supposed to be able to come back and walk the path to immortality as Yoda put it to Obi-Wan Kenobi at the end of Revenge of the Sith. So there has to be another explanation for Palpatine being able to talk in this sense. Unless there's not, unless we're about to learn something that we didn't yet know, or maybe it's just... <laughs> You know, the Jedi Path and the Book of Sith, those books that had been previously written and we thought were no longer canon, well, maybe they're looking back in those and adapting back from them. Or maybe it's simply just like we saw in the tree in Empire Strikes Back, where Vader shows up and it didn't mean that he was alive right there. It just meant that the tree was giving Luke a vision of Vader and maybe the wreckage of DS2 is going to give Rey a dark vision of herself and Palpatine is going to talk to her as part of this. Luke already informed Rey about Palpatine, mentioned him as Darth Sidious, and so he definitely has to be on her radar at this point. But yeah, beyond just freaking us all out and showing us something cool, 
that's pretty much, I think, all that we can read into from this scene at this point. I've looked at the background too. It you know looks like it's in shambles. So again, I'm thinking it's DS2 wreckage or Death Star wreckage, assuming it's DS2. We still have a lot to learn as we always do. And that is gonna take care of my look at the footage from D23 for The Rise of Skywalker and for this episode as well. Thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademarks and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.